0: sleepers podcast monday february 5th happy uh new week i guess february's here carter's here i'm here carter's still flipping his slipper it appears he looks like he's loading up for that yeah right on cue card how you doing
1: doing pretty good i need to uh work on my uh my my slipper flipping cues I'm giving I'm giving it away too much.
0: It's I you know I know it's expected, but I need to hide it better. Our comments were like sixty percent slipper flip over the weekend on YouTube. Uh, a lot of people not happy with you. Some people happy, but I know you saw the negative slipper flip comments.
1: Oh, hundred percent. But I'll be drowning out that noise when both me and I have an uh, an UGG banner. And, uh sponsorship going across the bottom of the screen and both of our feet are comfy. I mean, did you say you're cold in your basement? I'm freezing. I have a blanket on right now. I'm very cold. Shivers. Like do you have two socks, one sock? What, what we got going on? You think I'm wearing one sock? No, I mean like layered, like one sock, like
0: fuzzy socks, like two socks cause you're cold. Do people wear two socks when they're cold? Does Sometimes that mean, does that mean four socks? Yeah. I have two layers of socks. People do that. People double up sock layers. Sometimes I'm a little cold in my basement, and I have double up socks. Yes. See, that's just speaks to everything you are as a man. <laughs> it's I a little too cold. I need four socks tonight, hon. Like, come on, man. Sorry. <laughs> what are we do it. Uh, no, I have one pair of socks on and a blanket right now. That's what I okay. have. Yes. Okay. Uh, anyways, should we get to the show? We have a lot to get to today. Uh, we're going to. Talk about my coach lighting his own players on fire. We're going to talk about me lighting our mentions on fire. And then we're going to talk about, what's the third topic? Oh, yeah. Where does like Purdue, Purdue now that they're back in first place in the Big Ten, where do they rank compared to the best teams in Big Ten history in the last couple of years? Um, Which comes from a prompt from somebody that I love and respect on Twitter, who I think is very wrong with his take. So more on that later. We have a thousand comments to get to first, though. Uh, What's our YouTube comment of the day?
1: Oh, man, a lot of YouTube comments. These things are hard to uh, to sift through right now. But I'll go ahead and go with this one. Um, Carter is a clown. On here, hollering, Duke's a bigger brand than Carolina. Outside of NC, we gave y'all Duke. Duke wanted to be Duke because of Carolina. Understand that. And that had five likes on it. And someone commented, said, nah, this is the one right here. And someone also commenting, fell on his damn head.
0: What does any of that mean?
1: I don't know, but that Carter is a damn clown for some reason. Hit me like a a sack of bricks this morning.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, not great. Um, Would you like to revise any of your thoughts on Duke Carolina?
1: North Carolina is a better basketball team. Duke is still the bigger brand and who cares? Let them be the bigger
0: brand. Wow. All right. Let them be the bigger brand doubling down interesting all right let's get to the discord comments we have a ton of them to get through today uh and i'm gonna have to sift through a lot of back and forth we had a i don't know a debate if you can even call it that on friday the purdue refs thing was taking over our discord so we were going through that uh matt f starts us off today and says what do you think the big 10 standings would look like if we had the old school transfer portal rules fun question Mm -hmm.
1: That's a good question. To be honest with you, I don't think that would change that much. To be honest with you, I think that the the coaches' approach to things would just shift, and still, like the good teams would be good. Uh, in my opinion,
0: I think Illinois would be hurt a little bit. I think Michigan State would be helped a lot of bit. That's about where I'm at. Purdue would be what they are. Yeah, I, but uh, also probably
1: bottom of the t- bottom of the. Barrel teams, are at least lot, not the name brand ones, would be hurt. Like Northwestern would be hurt. Uh, Nebraska, they had some good transfers, they would get hurt.
0: Uh, yep, trying yep. to think about missing somebody else, I don't know, but yeah, those teams, Minnesota. Yeah, I think that's fair. Um, counterpoint though, like Talon Cooper would still be at Minnesota instead that's of very South true. Carolina, so it it would all work out in some way. I just I think Izzo would really benefit, and that's probably the largest, sizable shift. Um, Coy says what one and duns would have been especially exciting had they stayed in college for three to four years. Bonus points if they didn't turn out to be great pros. One answer I heard was Lonzo Ball. Loved Lonzo. Like he had to go though. He was one and done, of course, top three pick. But I'm trying to think of more like guys that honestly Michigan's gotten bit by a lot of dudes who would have been great going like fringe first round. Like uh, honestly, another year of Kobe Buffkin Dog, he'd be so good this year. Yeah, it would have been so. Yeah. But he made a great decision, like avoided oh, this. Hundred percent. Honestly, I think Kobe Buffkin would be my answer. It's a good one. Uh, I'm trying to think of a non like Michigan one. Um, I think there's a world where Mellow Trimble stays at Maryland for four years and is like an all time Big Ten great. And I think he left after his sophomore year, if I'm remembering that correctly.
1: Can I make a random shout here that honestly might get a lot of pushback? Sure. I still. To the death of me, I'm not gonna let this go. I think if Trevon Duvall stays at Duke all four years, he ends up being great. I've always like said that in the back of my head and he hasn't done anything outside of this. I Probably. still think that he spends four years at Duke, he ends up being like really good, really, really good.
0: Yeah, that's a fun one. That that's a very fun one. Um also I just realized I named two different guys that weren't one and dunce. Uh, I named two different two and done. So sorry, Coy. Just totally bosh your question. Uh, Ulamog doing the Lord's work. We have five new people to shout out uh, who joined the Discord over the weekend. We got Janny Boy Terp, Doctor Doctor, Braden Smith is just tall, Wonderflonium, and Kyle Tupper. Uh, Braden Smith is just tall is the best at name that anyone has had that joined the Discord.
1: You but you said that last week for Bill I-L-I-N-I, I L I and what is it Bill I and
0: I. Yeah, it's a great one too. I mean, Bill I and I is like Fletcher Lawyer coming out of high school and Braden Smith is just false, Braden Smith.
1: That is a, that is a great ad name, I must say.
0: Yeah, it's really good. Uh, shout out to those five though. We had, I think, our our strongest week of new Discord signups since the season opened. So certainly feeling the love in the Discord community right now. Uh, there is a link to join the Discord in the description of every video we do. We would love to see you in there as we get closer and closer to March. Uh, this is a question for Guy that was intended to include bluffs on Bluffs Friday, uh, says, Oh, this was after Nebraska's win. Consider this my victory lap. I feel like a god amongst men, all because of Sam Hoiberg. I'm smoking that metaphorical Sam Hoiberg pack tonight.
1: and um, the only thing I'm going to respond to this is the phrase metaphorical Sam Hoiberg pack is just an in insane, st- just an in insane sentence. That's all I want to say.
0: Uh yeah, <laughs> guy, I'm very happy to see you winning. Uh, right now, Nebraska is on the background of my television against Illinois with a couple minutes left. I keep telling Carter. I don't know how, but Nebraska is going to win this game. I kind of have that feel still, Guy. So we'll see. Maybe you'll get some live reactions from us as we go. Travis Nelson says, I saw some mid-major dialogue from Guy and remembered this thought. I love how since James Madison beat MSU and Indiana State battled MSU, our fan base has gassed them up. They're good, but not nearly as good as thought of because they hang with these amazing Michigan State Spartans. Uh, I think that's half true. Uh, the James Madison thing, I agree
1: with. Uh, the Indiana State thing, I truly think that they're just – that offense is – just really really good um and play style factors into that james madison is good don't get me wrong but uh i think you definitely should look at the fact that though you know it's beating msu's and i don't want to sound like a hater i know i'm going to get it beating msu if you're a good basketball team at this point is not that hard
0: yeah uh and indiana states just a lot better than James Madison. James Madison is still a good note, noteworthy basketball team, but Indiana state significantly better. Melba says we're now officially halfway through big 10 play. The West is up big road teams are winning 30% of their games. The only teams with winning records are Purdue, Wisconsin, and Illinois. No one else is above 50%. Ohio state Rutgers and Nebraska are winless. That's the cross divisional thing. Melba has been keeping track of us uh, all year. If the football divisions applied to basketball, which division would be stronger? The big town West, is destroying the big 10. East largely because Michigan is so bad. And because Michigan state is not as good as previously thought and Ohio state, let's not let them get snuck out of this. Yeah. Uh, we need to like actually make this a graphic thing. Cause I think it's pretty cool. Yeah, for sure. Uh, shout to Melba for compiling that. That was also sent to us before the Purdue game today. So, uh, certainly not completely up to date, but, um, appreciate her that's always a fun way to look back at it then we had a huge back and forth with a super woke who was upset with us about the refs uh did demand an apology from you at a certain point would you like to apologize to super woke and purdue fans
1: no no i'm sorry if i if i had something to apologize for i would but i have nothing to apologize
0: for uh eh, yeah i'm gonna go off on my own fan tangent later but uh we, we welcome disagreeing. I think that's what I said at the end of this is like, you, you don't have to agree, uh, agree with us at all. You can let us know you disagree. That's what the discord is for. We'll be here to respond. And I think we did that back and forth. But um, yeah, Superwoke did not like the Purdue officiating segment that we did last week. Uh, Ryan Lion says, if one Purdue player was to secretly be an undercover superhero, who would it be? It's not Edie because he's too tall to be a superhero. Braden would get too cocky. Lance Jones is overrated. Fletcher lawyer's brother is foster and TKR sucks. So I ask you this, have you ever seen Batman and Ethan Morton in the same room? Okay.
1: Good point. Uh, but Ethan Morton is way too, gives off way too many. Like, did I miss my shower this morning vibes? The easy answer for this is Cam Heidi.
0: (laughs) Cam (laughs) Heidi looks like Clark Kent. If I don't know if he wears glasses or not, but it's easily him. I got to disagree. I don't think Cam Heidi's handsome enough to be Clark Kent. No disrespect, but um, you haven't
1: seen, have you ever seen him in glasses? No. Well, that's kind of what makes Clark Kent in the glasses.
0: So uh, first off, I just, uh, I disavow the idea that Edie couldn't be a superhero because he's tall. Like, is he tall or does he have superpowers? Uh, I think like incredible Hulk exists for sure. (laughs) Um, that, That would work. I I think the answer, though, is clearly Braden Smith being Two-Face. Is, is that Harvey That Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, 100%. Uh, scrolling further down, we still had a lot of discourse here. Dr. Doctor says, I was at the grocery store wearing my vintage Indiana Will Sheehy jersey, and I went to grab the last chicken breast. A Purdue fan went to grab it at the same time. As a superior athlete, I had the quickness, heart, and grit to secure the chicken patty, but in the process, slightly tapped the Purdue fan on the arm with approximately two Newtons of force. He flailed to the ground, and out of nowhere, Ted Valentine appeared, issued me a flagrant two foul, in which I had to leave the premises immediately. Is this Purdue officiating getting out of hand? That's the greatest comment we've ever received. <laughs> Dr. Doctor <laughs> made his presence
1: with two, with two Newtons of force.
0: It's so good. So, so, so good. Uh, yeah, to just, I'm not even going to respond to it, but what a story, doctor, doctor, please keep them coming. Super woke responded and said, what is Purdue officiating? I don't know what it is. I think stripes are doing a great job. Stripes always do a great job. Tristan Freeman said, I'm gonna have to get the belt in here. I see. Do we want Tristan to crack down and, uh, make sure that our, our discord's behaving?
1: I have a theory that Tristan doesn't own any belts. <laughs>
0: We're going to have to ask him on that one. He he strikes me as an elastic band type of fella. Yeah, we're going to have to ask him on that one. Coop has a comment and a question for us. He says, something that's been on my mind lately is that everyone keeps saying the Big Ten stinks and the Big East is great. My theory is they are the same league. Three relevant teams at the top, Purdue, Wisconsin, Illinois, versus UConn, Marquette, and Creighton. Underrated good team, Northwestern and Seton Hall. Fun story, but probably won't go far in Nebraska and St. John's. Then underachieving expectations, Michigan State and Villanova. A logjam of fringe tournament teams, a bad bottom. What are your thoughts?
1: I like that until the Michigan-Villanova thing. I think Villanova's light years ahead of Michigan, right? Michigan State-Villanova. Oh, Michigan State-Villanova? Yeah. Uh, okay, honestly, that's pretty spot on.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I I don't hate that whatsoever. Um, oddly, I think the Big Ten's top three is stronger than the Big East because I I don't think Creighton belongs in the same group with where Wisconsin is. But, uh, yeah, I think that's a really good comp. Great first comment, I think, uh, from Coop here. Great job. Yeah. Guy says, I want Carter to pronounce Ladie on San Diego State's first name. Jadon Ladie. I think you just said it right, yeah. yeah. You still going say Jadion? Jadion or Jaden you, yes. you always do botch it in the moment, but the, the pressure just built and you responded. Yeah. Also, like I, I think it's
1: it's on other people because like I botch it and nothing really happens. Like maybe someone says I botched
0: it, but outside of that, like my life doesn't change. <laughs> this is true. Uh Sean Vowels says, Would Kansas be a top 25 team if they had an average coach?
1: Would Kansas be a top 25 team with an average coach? Uh
0: yes. I think so. Yeah, we need to talk about Kansas at a certain point. The pendulum has swung too far on this team. This team has Kevin McCullough and Hunter Dickinson on it. And that's it. And that's all. I, and and, and I'm, I'm sorry. I don't mean to say like, that's it. I think they have other pieces, but like that is, that's good. That's a, that's a good two right there. And Johnny Furphy's a first round pick. So like this team, this team rocks. Um, but yes, Bill Self elevates them most certainly. Ryan the Lion has a slew of questions for us here. I'm going to rapid fire this with you. Greg yeah. and Carter, you are trapped in a locked room for one week together. What three things do the two of you collectively choose to bring? Non-essentials, uh, assume you have food, water, bedding. Then do you guys hate each other or become closer because of this? What three things would we bring together to be trapped in a room for one week together? Uh, I'd bring my laptop, my phone. It's selfish start to this. We have to choose three together. So you get oh, to bring do? your laptop and your phone. Okay, Sorry. Laptop, we have to bring a laptop. What are we doing with the laptop?
1: I mean, we can do anything with it. If we have a MacBook, we can text, we can surf the web, we can DoorDash food to the closet. Like, there's a lot of things we can do.
0: You'd rather have a laptop than a phone for that?
1: I guess you can do the same things, can't you?
0: Uh, you can pick a, a, a device, I'm fine with. Yes. What else are we bringing?
1: I'm good. I don't want anything else to be honest with you.
0: Okay um my answer... actually no headphones headphones e- okay sure
1: like you get sick of me you throw your headphones on
0: i never get sick of you i love you oh okay if i get sick um, of you do you have fair my for the record my answer would have been your dog my dog and a casket
1: <laughs> lock <laughs> lock
0: lock you me and our dogs in a room until one comes out and then uh At the end of it, no, we're not closer because our dogs killed each other. (laughs) Okay, that's got really dark. Well, I'm just – I'm trying to think of more entertaining outcomes than just sitting there on headphones not talking to each other for a week. So, uh, Uh, outside of Northwestern in the first Wisconsin game, Malik Hall is averaging 17 points, six and a half rebounds, three assists, and a steal on great splits. Is it time to seriously start considering Malik Hall as an all-Big Ten player?
1: Uh, actually, yeah, probably. Maybe like third team sneak
0: on there, but like not like bonafide all Big Ten. The problem is Michigan State's not getting three on there, and he's not ahead of Walker or Hogard. Um, so, is no. He, are we no sure, huh? you sure he's not ahead of Hogard? He shouldn't be. AJ's been better, in my okay. opinion. Yeah, I mean – the splits are great if you remove the game where he had zero, zero, and zero in thirty minutes. Like well, that's unfortunately you can't do that. <laughs> there isn't a Big Ten player in the in the league that would do that. Um, other than Ethan Morton, might do that based on fit. What's the best starting five in the Big Ten that you can create? Putting people like Tyson, Jamir, and Boo on the same team might result in too many people needing the ball in their hands. What's the best fit team that you can create? Um, I would put Boo at point.
1: I think Boo is a point guard. You got to pick. Give me Boo at point give me Edie at center and then oh i actually like the way i like the way tyson operates as a two next to it with a ball dominant guard so give, give me tyson at the two
0: tsj at the three Ooh. i think we're oh. running into only one ball to go around right now you do i do yeah, I think it, like if you're gonna play the ED route, I think you need some dudes who are happy to shoot five times a game and shoot five threes and that's it and play defense. All right, give me Boo, give me, give me Boo, give me Edie, give me Luke Goody. I don't hate Tyson for the record. I'm I'm good with Boo Tyson as a backcourt, but I think the three and the four need to be not ball dominant guys.
1: All right, here we go. Got you. We're going Boo Tyson, Boo Tyson, Barry, Goody Edie.
0: Mm, I love that. I would yeah. probably take a different four than Goody, somebody better defensively. But I love Boo, Tyson, Barry, Edie. I'm trying to think of a good four quickly. Like Colm, like Coleman, no. Yeah, I wouldn't hate Coleman. He does so many winning things. Seeing him and Zach Edie together would be crazy. Um, I might like Coleman. I might like Coleman. I, I like him. that too. Yeah, that's that's fun. That's a really fun hypothetical. Uh, last one. If you were an animal, what would you be? Obviously, Carter is an ostrich, but I see Greg as more of a honey badger. An ostrich? Yeah, there's a lot of discussion on if you're an ostrich or not. I think Ryan Lyon got accused of being racist for that.
1: I, I mean, that's that's a crazy craziest. I mean, I, I just really don't have many ostrich traits. One, i one,
0: I'm large. Jesse Jesse came in to save the day from uh, from his cruise and said, we all know a wolverine and a honey badger are narrowly separated, so the analysis of Greg is moot. However, when I look at both of them, I see a panda bear, Carter, and a kangaroo that just throws jabs and can't jump, Greg. So I'm the most worthless kangaroo ever? <laughs> that's what that is? I, mean, that's just...
1: I I can guess I could see panda bear for me. I was going to say like a wildebeest or something.
0: Oh, that hurts. Uh, Okay, let's wrap with our final comment here. Wonderflonium says, uh, congrats on the final four credentials and the BetUS sponsorship. If you're settling in at a sports bar for multi-game viewing, what's your food slash drink ordering plan?
1: All right, so I'm settling into a sports bar all day. I'm different than other people. I'm I'm not going the safe route. I'm not just going beer all day. I'm just going to ration out my cocktail intake. Pause. Um... And I'm always worried about my bang for my buck with my appetizers. Like I love wings, but like you get a certain amount of wings. So one of my orders is going to be some type of chip appetizer. I don't know what that appetizer is, whether it be spinach, artichoke dip, chips and salsa, chips and queso, something of that variety. OK, and then
0: I think my second choice, my super choice would be mozzarella sticks. It's a good order. Yeah, that's what I'm going with yeah, it's a good order. Um, you and I have done this so many times at this point. It's hard to like be creative with this because we've just done it before. I would say it def- depends on the bar when we were on college hoops to go and we had um, different different places on campus to be at. Um, I would say we we did order more food. like we would definitely go through the appetizers in like a random Madison, Wisconsin bar to try and get a, a feel for where we're at. Uh, when we're at like a sports book bar, which is my favorite place to be, specifically the United Center one, like at the Champions yeah. Classic.
1: Yeah, the United Center one.
0: <clears throat> what about it? Yeah, the
1: United Center one.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah, like specifically there, we've, we've been there multiple times together now with great games happening at the United Center. And it's just like funnel me jack and diets for five to six hours. Don't worry about food. We'll figure out food later. And it always works. It literally always works.
1: That's a great setup for us, too, because we're locked in
0: there, and then we exit outside the door, and there's a chicken tender stand right it's, there. It's so good. It really is. Uh, yeah, that's got to be the answer. Thank you to the comment section. That's all for today. Uh, and by the way, in the background right now, Illinois-Nebraska is down to a one-point game. Illinois has got some demons going on. We're going to see if I, if we have any live reaction. That's probably what's going on. Let's get to our topics today, Cart. I want to start with my head coach, Jawan Howard, who has been throwing his players under the bus since the loss to Rutgers. Uh, we are going to recap Michigan Rutgers after uh, this later tonight. So hopefully we don't dip our toe in a little too much here. But Jawan Howard, after the game, after Michigan blew another halftime lead, gave up this massive, massive run. Uh, he did a couple things. He was asked if he's considered changing something in the second half. And he said, quote, maybe I should go to my walk-ons. I know they care. Okay, so we're questioning how much our players care. That's what Jawan Howard is now doing and choosing to do uh, at this point in the season for this game. Very interesting. Um, your thoughts? Uh, he's got a lot of nerve, man. He's He really
1: has an astronomical amount of nerve because we have been on rinse and repeat of this whole season of him not making any adjustments in the second half and squandering leads and squandering all types of just leads, small leads, big leads, any leads, any leads he's going to squander in some form and or fashion. Good Lord, rank mass. Um, I'm going to comment on Michigan really quickly here, but we got the last four, three Damascus.
0: Wow. Oh, they bailed him out. They bailed him out. All right, back wow. to Michigan.
1: Continue. Sorry, that, sorry, I know everyone hates the live reacts. But with that said, I just, like, why? I always hate when coaches pull out this phrase. Like, this is a coach say, too, in my opinion. Like, oh, I should throw on the walk-on. That'll motivate guys. That'll get guys going. No, the guys just, they are motivated. They're just not good at basketball. And also, let's call like a spade a spade. Like you just might not be that great of a coach right now. So the the fact that you got to pull on, like, I want to, I, I got to throw the guys out there that want it. I got to do this. Well, maybe if you ask them, they'd be like, I want to throw a coach out there who knows how to adjust games. I know I want a coach out there who wants it.
0: Yeah. It doesn't, doesn't change coaches on the road. I think there's a time and a place to blame the players. Uh, I think you have to be a good team to blame your players. You can have I say to one last, Can I say
1: one last thing too? Of course, I'll let you go. Of course. Why is it too that? Like, it, I think you got to factor in the rest of the situation as well with this. Like, <laughs> you're, you're, you're talking about like the walk-ons and guys that want it. While all at the same time, you're playing a point guard during away games and suspending him for home games and doing all this other stuff that you created and you made this environment. So it's just like,
0: I don't know. It's just, it's a very odd thing for Juwan to say. Yeah, Juwan, this is the thousandth way Juwan stinks. I was tweeting about it all Saturday. My entire timeline of me personally is just crapping on Juwan for this. Um, I think it's ludicrous to blame the players. That's not the only crazy thing he said in this press conference. Uh, He was also questioned on if his system works or something like that. The quote he was given was this. The second year, we went to the Elite Eight. Then the third year, that team went to the Sweet 16. The shit works. It does. So, Juwan is now, this is the most feisty he's been in a press conference. He's doubling down that he's a good basketball coach, that the way he wants to run his program is not the problem. It's the players. It's the personnel. Which, to an extent, might be true. The players are definitely the primary problem on this team. The players. Juwan Howard's in charge of the players. He's in charge of getting the players. He's in charge of developing the players. He's in charge of making sure the players have a 2.0 GPA. So, I, he's in charge of then punishing the players and making sure the wheels stay on the team and it doesn't fall apart. Juana's failed in every possible aspect. Now he's failing at the podium. It's just good to see him at the podium, quite frankly. I know he took about three years off from even showing his face in the podium. So, congrats. Yay. This is what I'm rewarded with. Um, it's a joke of a basketball program. It won't be a joke until he leaves. There is no restoring this with Jawan Howard. Like there's there's no world where he hits on transfer portal guys in Michigan's decent next year. He's lost the locker room. He's lost members of his staff. And all he's doing is embarrassing himself at this point by going to the podium and insinuating that it's anybody else's fault other than his own. Uh, and where does this go? I don't know. I will say this, Car, It was actually from the selfish Michigan basketball fan in me who wants to see change. I loved seeing this because the more that Jawan does this, the better chance there is he's fired or removed from the position. If, if right. he, he, he could have coasted, not said a word the rest of the year, and they wouldn't have fired him because of his heart issues. But if he's going to go blame all the players, make headline news, directing traffic and attention to how bad this team is, he might literally lose his job. So I'm, I'm all for it. Blame the players more, Juwan. Blame the strength coach. Blame your assistants. Blame your wife. Blame You won't blame your kids, let's be honest. You won't blame your kids. But blame anybody else, Juwan. Do that. I'd love to see that. Yeah, I just this is the thing is though, like even though this
1: is going on the path that's going on, I never want to see anybody go out like this. And he's going out extremely sad. We want to see some people go out like (laughs) I you know what, as I said that, there's a couple people I would literally give my left
0: big toe to see go out like this. Juwan's (laughs) not Juwan's not one of them for me. It's it is kind of heartwarming to see you becoming a Juwan guy when the going gets tough. I've, I've, I've found you having some sympathetic moments for him down the stretch run here. And it's, it's, he just, he, just,
1: he needs a guy like me out there making plays. Other guys, <laughs> other guys don't, other guys don't, don't want to do it. All right.
0: You might be right. might be true. Uh, let's move to uh, another fun topic. Uh, all right. I'll own this. I, I was in the weeds on Twitter. Uh, I had a sleepers tweet from the sleepers account. Uh, during the Michigan State game that a lot of people were unhappy with. I'm going to throw it to you for your comments. You can specifically address them, and you can uh, either – you can criticize me, you can blame me, you can tell me you disagree, or you can back me up, do whatever. I'm curious your genuine reaction here. Um, Xavier Booker didn't play. That's the issue. That's what happened, okay? He got a coach's decision DNP in the win over Maryland. Jackson Kohler played four minutes – Carson Cooper and Mai Sissoko both played their normal minutes. Xavier Booker didn't get off the bench. This comes less than 24 hours after another puff piece was written in which Tom Izzo said, quote, Booker is 10 times better than he was a month ago. My issue all season long has been those quotes, which we've talked about at length on this program. Uh, I am tired of Tom Izzo praising Xavier Booker, saying how great he is, how many strides he's made, how he wants to play him. He's trying to play him. He just can't play him. He's in charge of the substitutions. He keeps saying he's trying to play him. He won't play him. The reason we're talking about this again is because Dimitri Booker, a Twitter account, tweeted at the end of last week that Xavier Booker has a problem being lied to. That's the exact tweet. So we're not just beating a dead horse with this. This is the first time someone from Xavier Booker's camp or family has gone public saying that Xavier Booker might be feeling like he's being lied to. In my opinion, a lie could be your coach constantly saying how many strides you've made and how you're so much better than you were a month ago. And then you're playing less than you did even a month ago. Um, your, your thoughts. So my tweet from the Sleepers account was screenshots of all three of those things, the box score, the article where Izzo gave a praiseworthy quote, and Dimitri Booker's tweet that he has a problem being lied to. The caption on my tweet from the Sleepers account was, Xavier Booker has a problem being lied to. I tweeted that when Michigan State was down one point to Maryland with seven minutes left in the game. From then on, Michigan State went on a great run to close the game, and Michigan State got the win. Twitter did not like me after that. Your thoughts on all of this. All
1: right. First thoughts, just in in light of this game, there's no reason why Xavier Booker should have not played in this Maryland game. And I saw a lot of people say that. I I If in a game where Julian Reese plays 14 minutes, Julian Reese is the player that I would be scared of having out there if you want to play Xavier Booker at the five. Like that'd be the person I'm scared of doing it because he would get abused out there against a guy like Julian Reese. Julian Reese played 14 minutes in this basketball game. I'm not letting anybody tell me that there was not five minutes out there for Xavier Booker or whatever it might have been. There there just wasn't that out there. I'm with that. Right now, there's also comments on this saying that Xavier Booker is not being lied to. He is like this – if you're gonna not play him, just don't play him. But also, like I don't even not sure if this is the right word. Don't don't patronize him by being like, oh, it's okay. Like Xavier Booker is so much better. He's 10 times better. He's not. If he was, he'd probably be playing. So I just it's it's odd too because and I might be wrong on this, and I'd have to go look at it maybe just a, a little bit more, but I would love to see what the actual like lead up question was to it, impossibly because is someone asking about Xavier Booker or is he just like out of nowhere, just being like, yeah, well, like, well, you asked about my bigs Xavier Booker, or who has looked good in practice or something like that. And all of a sudden he's just like, Oh, Xavier Booker has been 10 times better. It, it It's just odd to me. Um, I don't get it. Also don't get the fan bases like rage with it. Like it, it's a fact, like, what are we like really arguing about here? We're not saying anything about Xavier Booker changing the outcome of the game. I am looking at it in this lens that there was a game where Julian Reese played 14 minutes. You can't tell me that Xavier Booker should be getting DMPs. Like, I, I just don't think he, like, if you're playing, if you're playing a front court of Madi, Kohler, Cooper, I I find it very hard to believe there's not five minutes for Xavier Booker somewhere in there. Yeah. Carl, what's your love language? Uh, my love language is physical touch.
0: Mm. Okay, should have known that one probably. Uh, all right, my love language is uh, words of affirmation. Maybe that's what Xavier Booker's are. Maybe Thomas just knows that Xavier Booker just needs to hear how great he is. He doesn't actually need action. He doesn't need physical presence on the court. He just needs to hear how great he is. And maybe he's ha- maybe that's what's happening behind the scenes. I don't know. People are mistaking this for me though. Like this tweet. or or any of this conversation is not me advocating for Xavier Booker to play. I'm not even doing that. Carter can do that if he wants to. He just did. I'm not even sitting here saying Xavier Booker deserves a minute at all. In fact, from what I've seen, I don't necessarily think he does. I think it would be easy to get him four minutes if you wanted to, but I don't think that's what this team needs. I don't think it would have made a tangible difference in this game, and I have no problem with Xavier Booker not playing. The problem I have is... The fact that Tom Izzo does keep saying he's trying to get a minutes like he's not the one who controls the minutes. Like, it, it does not square constantly praising the guy and never backing that up with action. I, I don't like it. I think I called it a month ago and said Tom Izzo was lying. And a lot of people got upset with me. Well, the issue isn't whether or not I believe Tom Izzo is lying. It's whether the Booker family does. And now we have actual evidence that the Booker family does believe that. So, and and we're going to talk about that. That's the second half of this is like, should I have tweeted this or not? Are people upset? Should I have been back and forth with people in the mentions after that? Who knows? I don't know. I'll defend myself in it because I had time for it Saturday night. That's all it was. And I felt like people were coming at the integrity of what Sleepers is as their problem with this. Like, why, why is Sleepers even covering this? How unserious you guys are as a podcast. You want to know what we do here, okay? We talk about all things on and off the court that affect the biggest programs in this conference and in the country. I like to think that we work harder than anyone else that's doing college basketball content. The amount of hours that Carter and I spend on this shit having to do this and produce it and post it and do recaps and previews for all these teams, maybe 5% of what we do on a week-to-week basis is Michigan State. And what we do in those 5% of the, the hours and hours that we work on Michigan State still outperforms any other Michigan State show that you can find, other than probably the Lockdown On Spartans podcast with Matt Sheehan, who I love, who is spectacular. We've both gone on that show recently. He probably crushes us because he's phenomenal. But the point is this. You're not going to come at me and be like, how unserious is sleepers? When we did this exact same thing with DGL in uh, in Illinois like two weeks ago, we literally talked about how DGL's mom was publicly posting how upset she was with his minutes. Or when we just did this with Miles Colvin a week ago when his body language was shit. Or how we literally just talked about Arkansas rumors. Like, you want to talk about unserious? Like, how unserious are we? We're a comedy show that also busts our ass to cover college basketball. So... Like, my issue is when people take it personally that we're antagonizing their team like we shouldn't do it. And if you want us to stop talking about Michigan State, fine. That's only going to mean Michigan State's not relevant to the Big Ten if we're not doing that because we're still going to be here. And should I have stopped responding? Maybe. I don't know. I defend the fact that I responded because the first person who pissed me off and called us unserious was a guy who I follow personally and I have a very good back-and-forth relationship with. Like, oh, threaten you're going to go watch Mark Titus. I'm sure he'll be thrilled like the sleepers get hurt. If a Michigan state fan gets sensitive and hurt that we're talking about Xavier Booker cart, not at all. Not at all. I care about serving the people who support the show in the discord and I care about you and me and covering what we want to cover. That's it. So did I get messy? Yeah, I got messy. Stand by it. Any, any response on that?
1: Nah, uh, we're, we're a stand on business podcast for the, for good or for worse too, or for better or for worse, by the way. Like, we've spent the last couple episodes eating crow about Lance Jones, and we have no problem doing so because he's doing it, and that's what we're going to talk about. I will say this, and this is not me being combative. It might be me being combative. I will say this, though. I wanna, I, I'm want i interested to know your answer. If Izzo was throwing Booker under the bus in the press conference, basically, like, like you saying, calling it like it is, what would be your reaction to that?
0: Um, I mean, it dep- Like, is he going out of his way to do it, or is it just
1: like someone asked? Like, well, you know, you know, Xavier Booker hasn't really played much on uh, these past couple of games. Uh, like, what's what's the deal? And he just comes out. He's like, I mean, Xavier Booker's just been asked in practice. We are
0: finish. We are not talking about Xavier Booker at all. With him not playing, if Tom Izzo's answer to that setting is Xavier Booker's not ready. Just say that. Leave it at that. Don't go on this massive praiseworthy tangent. Just say, Xavier Booker's not ready right now. You say that, you leave it at that. It's a non-story. It's a story because his family thinks he's been lied to as of 24 hours ago. Like, sorry that happened. And we have to talk about it. Like, Jesus, man. Drives me insane. Just get, get alignment. Like I, we spent all of Friday with Purdue fans on our ass because they're mad at what we say about refs. I spent all of Saturday with Michigan State fans on our ass. Like it's personal between me and them. It's not personal at all. And if you if you think you can run this shit better than me, then go run it. Go do it. But I'm sick. I'm sick of people telling me I'm making mistakes Well, I don't think we've made a mistake this year. To be honest with you, and that right. is what it is. Uh, Xavier. I'm sure you'll be great as a sophomore at Michigan State. I stand by that. He's going to be really good whenever he gets on the court. Let's not forget that. He has work to do to get there, and uh, that's it. Final topic today. Uh, There was a tweet from our guy, Chris Castellani. He came on the show before, and uh, I want to go back and find it to make sure I'm reading this correctly, but he was basically talking about how he thought Big Ten basketball has gotten a lot worse over the years and that this year – is very bad comparatively to maybe a decade ago. Here's the tweet. He said, I hate to sound like an old fuddy-duddy, but I, wa- I watch some of these top college basketball teams. I feel like teams from a decade ago would have ran their asses off the floor. He then put a screenshot up of the 2013 Big Ten standings and said at least four of these teams are better than this year's Purdue team. That year was a golden year in college basketball in the Big Ten. You had the Cody Zeller, Victor Oladipo, Indiana team that won the Big Ten. You had Ohio State with Aaron Kraft in second. You had Michigan State with Keith Appling, Denzel Valentine, Adrian Payne in third. And you had the Michigan team that went to the national championship game in fourth. Great teams. Four yeah. very, very, very good teams. Uh, do you agree with Chris that those four teams are better than this year's Purdue team?
1: No. I don't think I do. I don't think I do. I think that this, I think this Purdue team is better than that Aaron Kraft, Ohio state team.
0: Any others on that list? Cause I think this is a misread by Chris in a pretty loud way. I, the second
1: point I was going to bring up is that none of those teams have Zach Eady and Zach Eady is the best player out of all those teams.
0: Purdue's the best team out of all those teams. Like, what what are we doing? Like, and and again, this is a lot of Ken Palm efficiency margin for one day. We did this in the Purdue recap. Uh, According to the efficiency margin, Purdue's better than those teams. Like, it's, I don't think it's particularly close. Like, oh, an an eight loss Michigan team is better than a Purdue team that's lost two games this season thus far. Maybe going to lose five on the year. Like, and I get the big, the Big Ten was stronger. There were more competitive games. But I just, to me, if you can't, appreciate and speak to produce greatness because of one tournament game like if you did not watch what they did in maui and you've watched all this other stuff then i honestly just don't i don't think you you understand it like that to use the painterism a lot of people watch bald not a lot of people know it
1: i i also just hate doing this in general you know how i feel about comparing like old to new I d- I just hate this exercise in general. To be honest with yeah. you, I just completely okay. just just completely different landscapes of basketball in all regards. Uh,
0: it's it's just different. Who's the best Big Ten team you've seen since that 2013 year that Chris pulled? The best team I've seen. Who's the best Big Ten team you've seen in that span? Mm. You take them to win one game. Who's the team?
1: To be honest with you, I would still take that team that lost to Syrac- that lost to Syracuse for Michigan State. Okay. I know uh, that team lost a lot during the year, but like just like on paper, that that lineup of redacted, cash, Jaron, X, like I'm just like Langford, that I'm yeah, I'm I know I'm showing my bias there, and there's definitely probably a team that should be over that, but that's who I'm
0: that's who I'm taking. Great basketball team. So again, using Ken Palm's efficiency stuff. There are two teams that have been 30 or above in the Big Ten uh, that are not this year's Purdue team since the year that Chris pulled. The first one was the Frank Kaminsky, Wisconsin team in 2015. They went 36 and four. They made the national championship game, lost to Duke in a great game. They actually were the highest rated efficiency margin team in the Big Ten in this span, including Purdue. They finished at 33.7. That's incredible. That team was great. I think they have the argument for best Big Ten team in this span. Outside of them, your Michigan State team in 2019, Cassius Winston that went to the Final Four beat Duke, uh, was 30.8, right below where Purdue is this season. Those are the only two teams that have been quote-unquote great metrically like this year's Purdue team is. I think this year's Purdue team is only going to continue to go up as they beat up. They don't play a ranked team for another month right now, Um, and I I don't like calling Chris out, making it like a one-on-one thing. I just think Chris totally missed this. Like, oh, there they were there were four great teams in 2013. They would all beat Purdue. No, they wouldn't. Purdue would destroy them. They have the best player and the best point guard out of all of those teams right now. Ooh, best point guard? Right now? Okay, no. Trey Burke was on that team. You're right.
1: I'd also still right now take Denzel. Well, Denzel wasn't the point guard that year. That was Keith. Ah, tr- true, true. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. right in the
0: point guard conversation of those four teams, it's crap. Like that that Michigan team was bad during the regular season at times. Like they lost lost 8 games and were a 4 seed. Like I just I, I don't know how we're sitting here talking about like them as a dominant historical team. They had a great March run, but they lost 6 games in the Big 10. <laughs> like right. Can you imagine this Purdue team losing 6 times this year in Big 10 play? Wouldn't happen. No. No. It wouldn't happen. So,
1: And just because you said that, watch it flip and they lose six. That'd be hilarious, by the way. That would be insane. All right. One big thing presented by Bigby. What do you got? Uh, My one big thing for today is I feel like people, and this is another product one, so I'm sorry about that, people get way too caught up in the purchasing of 12-ounce beverages. That doesn't go for just anything. I think tall boys are extremely underrated, and you don't always have to buy- variety packs of things just go grab two or three tall boys i think it's more efficient you get more bang for your buck and it's more convenient
0: okay i like efficiency. that theory
1: might that theory might go to shit
0: in a week but right at the moment of recording this i feel extremely strongly about it yeah i like efficiency um okay i don't have any problems with that product mentioned uh my one big thing is this my dms are always open i'll leave it at that just that's you got a you got a problem with things I say or do on the internet. You got a problem with things the sleepers are doing. Our door is open, my friend. Like we the amount of people who have told us they have a problem with us, and then we talk it through, and then we end up like respecting each other mutually is enormous. Like notepad emoji. I need two notepad emojis for that. So I just the door's always open. That's what I want to say. Like the internet needs more people who are comfortable disagreeing about things and you can move on with your day without being grumpy about it. That's all I want to say. Just the door's open. DMs are open. Let us know, but do it in the, like a normal way, not a like uh, way, you know? In a what way? Uh, we'll see you tomorrow.